1: Hello, hello,
2: hello. Happy Friday, my friends, and welcome to another Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily Podcast with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. And, of course, you can check me out on Drive Time today from 4pm alongside Darren Venn. Oh, he's decided to turn up? Yeah, that's what I thought. Anyway, we'll begin with the North London derby in the Premier League, where Spurs incredibly beat Arsenal. Here's the fallout on Talksport. First 3, Arsenal nil,
1: Arsenal came here hoping to win and secure Champions League. They'll now have to go to
0: Newcastle and be fifth in the league probably by the time they get there with the hope of winning to try and at least keep their hopes alive. Everything went wrong for you tonight that could have gone wrong?
1: Uh, Well not everything because I'm so proud of of my players but obviously we didn't get the result um, that we wanted and uh, to give you an evaluation unfortunately I can't in because as I said to you before, I will suspend it.
0: I know, I don't want to get into trouble, so I'm not going to ask you about the penalty or Rob Holding sending off, but I will ask you whether or not you were disappointed with maybe the fact that having already been on a yellow card, he was then making another challenge like that.
1: It was such a beautiful place to come here and play the game that we have to play, and we were so willing to play the game that we wanted to play that unfortunately uh, the game was destroyed, and um, and it's a shame because we really wanted to play the game. This stupid, idiotic
0: sending off for Rob Holding, already on a yellow card. A ball floated towards him,
1: Minton. What are you doing? What are you doing? Rob Holding and Son had a battle that was yeah. that was really intriguing because they both had a little nibble. They both were falling out. You could see the way that's it was going. Like, I know what it's like when you're up against someone that's quick and on fire. You've got to let yourself be known early. And Rob Holding done that. But he's picked up a booking early. Once that happens, don't give the referee a decision to make. Just,
0: again, just your your team tonight. I mean, the performance, at uh, times it looked a bit ill-disciplined. You wouldn't, you wouldn't agree with that?
1: I am so proud of my place.
0: Edmund Solis joining us live here on TalkSport. First of all, many congratulations tonight. Rob Holding doesn't like you though, does he?
1: What can I say? So, he he like me, he don't like me. Obviously, when you play against opponent and especially derby, you don't like each other. So, for 90 minutes, so it's already gone. So, what can I talk? I have been it is, it living is, it is. this
2: moment up. I've been waiting. For this game. Been waiting for this one. I've been saying it for months. This one's the big one. So much riding on it. The pressure was building. It was mounting. And I took a load of stick. From who? From everyone. Saying that Spurs will win this game comfortably.
1: Will turn Arsenal over. They will crumble under the pressure. And they absolutely did. There was at no point at that game did I ever think that Spurs would not win? The way they set up early, they got the shape right, Spurs. The Arsenal actually didn't start too badly, but the way they set themselves up, and eventually, all of a sudden, you start to see Spurs go through the gears. He's a brilliant manager, Conte, and unfortunately... Arteta's not. It's right. It's right to celebrate uh, because uh, to win an important game like this, another uh, London Derby and uh, I guess the Arsenal, yeah, it's right to celebrate. But at the same time, uh, it's important to, to start to think uh, at the game that we have to play on Sunday against Barley. Tonight, uh, we had only one result. I must win the game for us. Uh, we did a good job. But on Sunday,
2: if we don't win, uh, uh, we lose now, we lose uh, this effort uh, and uh, for this reason we have to be focused.
1: And the two sides today looked like a side that deserves to have Champions League football and a side that actually deserves Europa League football.
2: Obviously Arteta, I'll, I'll go strongly by it. Pep's cohn, man. You've just won four on the bounce. All right, you've been shocking tonight, been a poor point, you had a man sent off.
0: You won four games on the bounce, you're still
2: fourth. Yeah, but it's the same like against Forest. It's, you know, when the, them sort of big occasions come, like okay. if you look at the, the Liverpool, the, the big, like this is the game of your life tonight.
0: How well have Arsenal done against the top six? They've been shocking. The record is shocking. And this is going to continue next year. This is going to continue. If, if Arsenal was in the Champions League, I wonder what they would be like then when they were in the four competitions. I, I can't see that happening now. This will really break the morale. This will really hurt the squad. And we don't have characters in our squad, we don't. You know, you can see that today. No one, ste- no one stepped up and said, you know what, let's go, let's get together. We can still do this. There was no belief in that performance tonight.
1: For a young team, we are doing really good. Imagine these players experience in the next couple of seasons. We are going to be demolishing pretty much every other team. Demolishing?
0: demolishing. Did you use the word Can't demolishing? demolishing. demolishing anyway. yeah, Arsenal are going to be demolishing? Demolishing? In a couple of seasons, we can be demolishing others. Demolishing who?
1: Obviously, we'll be demolishing Tottenham. Normal. OK, demolishing Tottenham. we will be up there with Liverpool and City. (laughs) (laughs) Demolishing.
2: With less than one week to go until the Europa League final, the Rangers manager, Giovanni van Bronckhurst, joined TalkSport to look ahead to the game against Frankfurt. GVB, as is known to no one, said it's not hard to stay focused ahead of the big match next week.
1: No, oh, it's not hard I think it's um we are really focused the players are focused and uh you know we had uh, of course a great night last week uh, when we beat Le- Leipzig at uh, at Ibrox. and that is it
0: Rangers have done it for the first time in 14 oh. years they reach a major European semi-final
1: I think the focus on the on the on the players is now to uh, to be ready for for next week it's going to be a huge week for us with uh Obviously, two two finals to be played. You know, we, we haven't won anything yet, so we are uh, we have to keep going and make sure next week we do everything to give success to this club.
2: Now, Celtic will crown champions of Scotland this week after drawing against Dundee United. It came in manager Ange Postacoglu's first season in charge of the Hoops. Now, you might recall certain Alan Brazil on the Breakfast Show. Last summer, being rather underwhelmed at the appointment of the Aussie manager. Well, if you don't believe me, here's your proof. Also, why don't you believe me? Why would I tell you something a lie? Anyway, here's your proof.
0: I'm not sure I want to read this out, to be honest. Is this a wind-up? I think we might have to... Uh, breaking news coming out of Scotland here. A Celtic have applied for exemption with UEFA for Yokohama Marinos boss uh Pustacu- was it Posta Kuglu <laughs> to manage in Europe. He does not hold the required UEFA pro licence. Oh, this has got to be a wind up. No. Dear oh dear. What do you think? Oh, he'd be a great manager. <laughs> <sighs> huh? Where where did they they come up with these guys from? Ange Postacoglu arrived from Japan at the start of the season. He found the club was in a mess, but he restored order and Celtic's place at the top of the Premiership table. Dundee United 1, Celtic 1. well done. <laughs> I
1: apologise. Now, that's uh, Alan Brazil, who's played for Scotland. And, and since then, clearly, he's eaten humble pie. Quite a bit of it. <laughs> 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 quite a
0: bit of humble pie. I was going to say, that's quite friendly for a Glaswegian. So
1: really I remember Alan Brazil as
0: a player, you know, and... and. and it was a good player, wasn't he? He was, oh, man. He was a good player. Play so on. it's one of those... So you kind of... And I just leave it at that level. And I just... You know, he's obviously a different role now and he's got an opinion of that's fine mate it doesn't bother me it's you know it's it's he's he's obviously trying to make a bit of a statement he made a statement and he's got to live with it now Ange, well done <laughs> i <laughs> apologize <laughs> warning this vehicle is reversing i'm not reversing I am not reversing. I hold
2: my
1: hands up. I
2: apologise, Ange.
1: Oh, it was a bit of fun.
2: Come on. Now, in collaboration with The Times, Tony Pulis has delivered a proposal to reform youth football to the Premier League and the PFA. He joined Wyatt and Jordan in the studio to discuss the inspiration behind the plan. Tony, for those who don't know, uh, over the last year has compiled his own research and he sent draft proposals off to the Premier League and the PFA. In in many ways, Tony, is this too much of a generalisation? You're seeking to reshape the academy system in English
1: football. Now, you could be enjoying your retirement with Debs sitting at home, but you don't want to. You're busy. What's this about? Well, my grandson has has joined an academy over the past six, seven months. You know, I've been popping along to watch him train, to watch him play, Jim, and that's really what set it off. And I've enjoyed it. It's been absolutely fantastic. The difference between youth football today to when I started is, is chalk and cheese. You know the, the facilities that, that, that um, these football clubs have you know, is just extraordinary. And, and the kids absolutely love it. They're bowled over by the facilities, by the, the you know the care that they they have in respect of the way they're looked after by the coaches. He's a, a tremendous academy. i spoke to a lot of people about it. Uh, education, I've got seven grandchildren. Education is massive for me in respect of the grandchildren. And uh, Luca loves football. He's absolutely besotted with football. And I just wanted to see if I could find a, ba- oh, we can find a balance between him pursuing and playing at an academy, but also not losing touch with his education.
2: On now to Leeds, who look like they may be on the brink in the Premier League. We'll hear from one of their former players, Danny Mills, but first is Gabby Agbonlahor slamming manager Jesse March for using historical quotes to motivate his team. And he's right, as David Brent used to say, as long as you're facing the right direction, all you have to do is keep on walking.
0: And then there's also historical figures like like Gandhi, like
2: Mother Teresa. This new manager, Jesse Marsh, let's talk about him giving the players quotes before games. You know, it's not working, is it? What's next? Is he going to put Gladiator on before the Brighton game? in The changing room, it's not going to work.
0: What are we doing live?
2: Echoes an eternity. The players in this day and age want the manager to give them inspiration from his words, not quotes from Mother Teresa and JF Kennedy.
0: Nonsense. (laughs) Michael Jordan is a is a guy that I that I'm inspired by. Phil Jackson.
2: Leeds in big, big trouble. Brighton here at the weekend. They were without Ailing and James suspended, and Harrison possibly injured as well. Finishes here. Leeds nil. Chelsea three. Another suspension last night. It's going to be tough. It, it, the games in hand were always going to be a problem. You know, Leeds were always sort of uh, were two games ahead of everybody else, and and that put them in a in a false position. And I always said there was it was big ifs at the time if if Everton and Burnley both got results then you know that was going to drag leads right into it
1: and you know what football's like it it's happened
2: they've done one under bielsa but it wasn't working under bielsa in the end and jesse Mars has come in with no Premier league experience and it hasn't worked for me i don't think they will they will get another point this season I and think the... Burnley and Everton won't have to get another point. And the biggest problem with Leeds, Ali, is that there's going to be teams queuing up for Calvin Phillips and Rafinha, mm. even Dallas. Mm. They're going to be left with like a championship squad that's not going to be good enough to even come straight back up. Now, former New Zealand cricket captain Brendan McCollum has been announced as the New England men's test coach. He replaces Chris Silverwood, who, of course, left the position in February following the team's terrible Ashes series. Here's former England fast bowler Steve Hammy Harmison reacting to the news of BMAC's appointment with Chips.
1: Yeah, very surprised. Very Not so much surprised, but shocked. Shocked, surprised, intrigued, excited. Um, I think this is a great appointment. I really do. I think England are at a point where the safe pair of hands that we expected. A Gary Kirsten, a Graham Ford, something like that comes in. What we've had with the pandemic and what we've learned over the sort of the last sort of two or three weeks, Rob Key's been in the job and talking about it, the way the England players and the way that everything's been dealt with through the pandemic, that we we needed something that was different, something exciting to try and get us to move forward quickly. And I think this is what Brendan McCullum will bring. I think Brendan McCullum, good friends with Owen Morgan an excellent leader of men in New Zealand but he's not playing anymore he's a coach i think it's a, i really think this is a good appointment for for english cricket
2: And we finish with Ali and Alan. recalling how they'd get on with Declan Rice's 200 grand a week contract.
0: They've offered Declan Rice a big, big contract West Ham, which I don't think he's going to take. It's a, it's a lengthy one, around a couple of hundred grand a week, but I think it's an eight-year deal. But I'll let Sam tell us more, because... Uh, oh, I know, I know, it's frightening, isn't it? Eh? <laughs> but can you imagine that, sign? I've just Funny enough, I brought my own pen. <laughs> you, give, you us give us it here, give us it here.
2: I'm telling you right now, you and I would last a month into that
0: contract. Well, I'd be dead. I'd be dead in three years. 200 grand a week. See you later. (laughs) For a great life. Oh dear.
2: Well that's it gang, thanks for listening on the Talksport Apple wherever you get your podcast from. I'm back, of course, on Andy Goldstein's drive time show at 4 p.m. today with Darren Benn. Straight after us, it's Luton against Huddersfield, the championship playoff semi-final first leg. It's live and exclusive to Talksport, don't you know. There will of course be another one of these Andy Goldstein Talksport Daily podcasts at first thing in the morning, so do what you've got to do to get it. Until then, thanks for listening. Have a good day, and above all, be safe everyone, be safe.
1: That was a podcast from Talksport.